0: Chapter one take two,
1: two. Nice Nice. Kyoto koutou, welcome to another episode of Chapter One Take Two, the podcast where we read a book, watch the film and then discuss the adaptation. My name is Maddie. I'm Brianna. And this episode we are covering the graphic novel Snowpiercer. We certainly are. Part of a series, but we've only done the first one, Escape. The Escape. That's true. And it's all that I want to read.
0: (laughs) Okay, before we get into that, how was your week, Maddie? How was your month?
1: Oh, it's been a long time. It's been a while. It's been a while. Because we went on vacation. We did go on vacation, or as the New Zealanders say, a holiday. Yeah. But holidays are very specific in America.
0: So what do you call a holiday if a
1: vacation is a holiday? Uh, It's just about context. Public holiday. Yeah, so there's a public holiday, like a bank holiday, but we call them public holidays. And if you go away for like a week to the coast or whatever. That's also a holiday. That's a holiday.
0: But it's like a personal holiday.
1: Correct. It's like a public holiday. Private holiday. Yeah. Private holiday, public holiday. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. I guess people would also say, how's your trip? Right. But what if you take time off work but you don't go away? How's your time off? Right. Specific to context. Doesn't matter. Um yeah, we went to California California sorry. i uh, went to a wedding. It was beautiful. lauren and Danny, who also have their own podcast. Thomas Litt. Yeah. And we always give them free advertising on our show. But we they, do I, I don't know if they talk about us. But they probably have a different setup, but um, they're married now. Um beautiful wedding. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Wonderful to be there. Um and then we had some great time with your far now. Uh um, fano fano I I, I I psych myself out I'm like whatever one I say it's going to be wrong if I go fano it's going to be wrong and if I go far now, it's going to be wrong Tania is a You right you got something in your own? I'm good great We took a nap Did you have a good time I mean in my but, nap yeah my nap was really Yeah nice. I mean I was holiday. very
0: cozy on the couch
1: Yeah you are very snuggly um, We're great nappers We
0: are Avid nappers. Did we nap yesterday?
1: Yes, we did. <laughs> um, We're getting old. We're nearly 30. Ugh. Don't remind
0: me. <laughs> <laughs> the existential from will sudden.
1: in. No. It's already sudden. What do you mean? Yeah, but
0: I can keep it at bay. Did you
1: have a good time, though, on the holiday?
0: Um, Yeah, I did. I really did. Got very homesick uh, when I left the yeah. holiday.
1: But you're feeling so. a bit better now. I am, if I don't think too hard about it. Yeah, but you love being a teacher.
0: I do. I love, love my students. Yeah,
1: you're really good at your job.
0: I definitely love all of them equally.
1: No, you do not. It's great to be, <laughs> it's great to be back, though. Gosh, I feel like it's been such a long time since we've recorded an episode. Um, we kind of, uh, under the radar, took took last month off without really letting our listeners know, because we just got too busy. So, this month we're back. Yep. Why did you... Why are we, why are we covering snow? You can hear our little kitty cats chatting to each other in the background. Meow why why snowpiercer why snowpiercer um this is this is genuinely
0: this is why i like this show a lot called kim's convenience yes you do and there's um a character in it called Kimchi who has a poster of snowpiercer in his bedroom <laughs> oh my god and literally that was basically I was like, well, I really like Kim's Convenience and I really like the character of Kim Chi, so probably Snowpiercer is a good movie.
1: Wow. You know, I'm sure the show creators for that really appreciate your attention to detail when watching. Yeah, thank yeah. you. The actor, not Kim Chi, someone else, who's now in Ten, The Ten Ring, the Legend of the Ten Rings, the new yes. Marvel film. We're Googling because we don't want, don't want to get it wrong. But now he's super famous. Yeah, but he was he I I've I've been a fan of him. Uh
0: Simu Liu. Yeah. And what's the name of the movie? Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yeah. Um I've been a fan of him. Like I'm an OG fan.
1: You are an OG fan. Because sure. Kim's Convenience
0: is legit. It
1: doesn't I don't know what it is. We were talking about this last night. You like basically everything that I like, but I like about ninety percent of what you like.
0: I feel like you do like him's convenience. You just haven't gone on the journey.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not emotionally committed. What's wrong, baby? Oh, the birdies outside. Oh. Uh. We our caddies, our a kitty cat is an indoor cat, so the birds are kind of like taunting them all the time. Yeah. Anyway, is that enough about us? Sure. Anything else you want to say? You're great. You're great. I love you. I love you too. So, Snowpiercer is a post this is based on the graphic novel. It's a post-apocalyptic. I wrote a summary. Yeah, this is just this is just for the graphic novel. You um, can you can tell me this is super brief. Let me okay. just let me just read it. Climate fiction graphic novel first published in French by Casterman and created by Jacques Lob and Jean-Marc Roche. It's called La Very good. Transportation. You're really not helping the stereotype that Americans are like appalling at other languages. I am great at today or more, you? are, you're actually much better than me. But
0: French is like, it's just beyond me. Like, I got Russian, I can do Russian. I'm let, me, let me try, let, Spanish, let me try. Spanish,
1: but like... Le um, Trans That's not too bad. I thought my attempt was great. Okay, you think that. The graphic novel was first published in 1982 under the title that we just said and later retitled The Escape. Great. Right. So 1982 is when the graphic novel came out. Okay, so... It's very obvious. The...
0: <laughs> um, the book is... It's a graphic novel. Yeah, the graphic novel is... Um, the premise is that there is a train, which is 1,001 cars long, and it is the last haven of humanity as the entire world has become a frozen wasteland due mm. to the release of a chemical weapon... Um, and we enter at the beginning of the story, a man named Proloff has escaped from the third class back of the train mm-hmm. and is placed in quarantine in case he has a disease. He is joined by Adeline Adeline Bellew, an activist fighting for the rights of the third class. And mm-hmm. they are transported to the front of the train to talk to the leader who tells them the train is slowing down and they need to eject the back of the train to lighten the load. They want Proloff to persuade the rest of the third class to move forward. This is actually a lie? Um, I'm not sure why they felt the need to create this elaborate scheme in the book. It's never made clear. I don't
1: know. There's a lot of ends in the graphic novel. I don't think it's very well written to be honest with you.
0: Um, and well, I have thoughts. Anyway, and uh, they plan- Naturally. I hope so. The real plan is actually just to eject everyone from, from the tail with the cars, as well as all of Bellew's colleagues who work to, um, like, That's kind promote of a waste. the rights of the third class. That's
1: kind of a waste of the cars, though. Like, why not just kill everyone and chuck them out of the train?
0: The cars would be still heavier, and they need the train to go faster.
1: So, so because the train's slowly slowing down, and and which it's is the, which is not what's happening in the film at yeah,
0: all. Yeah, them moving is what's keeping them alive. It keeps them. It generates enough heat to keep them alive. Yeah, no, I understand that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so basically, they can get rid of. They can kill two birds with one stone. They can kill off the problem people, and also. <sighs> um, Get get rid of the extra weight. Yes. Um. And then it's discovered that there's an epidemic spreading through the train, largely caused by Proloff. We think, although it's never officially made made clear in the novel,
1: but it's very likely because at the end of the graphic novel (spoilers), um, he's the only one left alive. So if he, yeah, he, which, he must have been the carrier of a disease.
0: Yeah. So there is a battle to get rid of him and stop the spread. He makes it to the engine after accidentally causing Bellew's death by shooting out the windows. It's not clear why he shoots out the windows of the car. Um, And then the engineer asks him to continue running the train and the engineer dies. Yes,
1: correct. So that's that's the book. And then the movie... Yeah, very different. ...is different. So Snowpiercer, the film, rated R-16. Just spoilers for now and forever. Definitely what I would say... Uh, If you haven't watched the film, um, watch it. Don't read the book. Watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Even Um,
0: on Goodreads, like, there were a few people who were like, yeah, the book is good. It's an interesting portrayal. It's very European. Um, But I think... What? It was originally published in French. So I want to go ahead and say that there's a possibility that there isn't... Like that it was,
1: like if you read French, it's better in French. Well, we had a very similar thing with Inkheart, right? Yeah. Originally in German. Yeah. We feel like a few things are lost in translation.
0: Yeah, like some of the um, power of the language, I think, is lost in translation. So
1: the film is from 2013, two hours and six minutes long. What do you think it has on IMDb? High. Uh, 87. Out of 10 on IMDb. Oh. But 7.1. 94% Oh, was kind of cute. 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, directed by Bong Joon-ho. Um, uh, Bong Joon-ho. Bong Joon-ho, my apologies. And had a box office of... Do you know what else Bong Joon-ho directed? What? Do oh, you? Tell me. Do you? No. You don't? Hang on, well, if I click on his name, it will tell me. He directed Parasite.
0: Oh, wow! Yeah!
1: Wow! wow. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, he's just
0: always got that class.
1: Yeah. That actually makes him really like that's really appropriate. Yeah. Those are like this oddly enough, considering the different types of worlds they're in, very some very similar themes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and obviously if you have seen any of the posters you see that the Captain America Chris Evans plays our lead but his name is different
0: his name, his name is different
1: yeah it's not um Prolof Prolof uh, although in the graphic novel um the slang term that they call is tail fucker yeah they t- they call everyone from Curtis
0: the- his name is Curtis
1: yeah they call everyone from the back a tail fucker it's a, it's a it's a very <sighs> sorry, do you have a summary of the movie before we get into all the differences and everything like that? Um,
0: so the movie is much more focused on, um, the class mobility issues, like the, 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 yes. di- the, distri- the, the distribution of wealth. So there's actually only two classes, whereas in the book there are three, there's first, second, and third class. Um. Oh yeah, that's a good point. In the movie there are two classes, there's first class, well there's, The front of the train, the back of the train, it's not really referred to as first and, like, upper and lower class and stuff. Um, And at the beginning of the film, there is a plot for Curtis and Edgar and Gillian, and then also Octavia Spencer's character, who's named... Don't worry, I got it. I got it. Tanya. Tanya. To make their way to the front of the train if you control the engine you control the train yes um so they want to take down um uh wilford 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 and we kind of get inducted into the world of um of the back of the train they're forced to like sit down in rows before they get their food which are these
1: like black gel- gelatinous cubes yeah, gel- they look fucking revolting um Sorry, and they're
0: they're receiving messages from someone near the front of the train in these don't know who yeah we don't know who black gelatinous two got cubes that are helping them plan moving to the front
1: of the But the, the train. messages are incredibly simple like they're often just yeah. one word
0: um and they're interpreting them um and basically what But they're men- also
1: spookily well timed Yeah. Like, you have to have a lot of knowledge to know what's about to happen. So it kind of makes sense at the end.
0: Yes. So, um, they plan a revolt. Oh, there's so much. Like, I'm just, I'm going to read a summary.
1: That's fine, honey. You can read a summary. Because I... I can tell you while you find your summary. The budget of the film was $39.2 million. And worldwide it grossed $86.7 million. So it was very much a success.
0: And then we can go into the details. Okay.
1: Yes. And I can read through the cast. I've already mentioned a few people. Chris Evans is Curtis. Jamie Bell is Edgar. Which, ooh. That's very interesting. Like... The relationship that Curtis and Edgar have? Yes, it's we'll fair. get into that.
0: Okay, so, Urged by his father figure Gilliam, Curtis Everett, and his second in command, Edgar lead the tail passengers in revolt after they realize the guards' weapons have no ammunition. Mm. Bullets are believed to be extinct due to the previous revolt. They free Nam-Goon min a captive security specialist who insists that his clairvoyant daughter, Yona, is freed as well. nam helps the tail mob progress forward, but they find... So he... Um, he's able to wire the doors to open up the gates between trains. Uh, but they find themselves facing guards with melee weapons overseen by the Minister Mason. That's played by Tilda Swinton, and her character is epic.
1: She also looks really gross, and she's incredibly beautiful. Yeah. Like, it's, it's very, yeah, it's interesting how they do that. Cute going.
0: Um, during the battle, the train goes into a tunnel, causing total darkness. The guard force, who have night vision, begin picking off the blind rebels. However, the tail sectioners launch a counterattack with torches and push the guards back. Edgar is held hostage, but Curtis abandons him to capture Mason, forcing her to order the remaining guards to surrender. While Edgar is fatally stabbed, the tail army stays back, holding the guards captive, while Curtis takes Mason, Namgun, Yona, skilled fighter Gray, and Tanya and Andrew, two parents who have had their children taken from them, toward the front of the train. Um. The scene where they bring out the melee weapons happens while they're going through the school, and it's super creepy, and I loved it. Yeah? Um, yeah. Curtis's group travels through several opulent cars. Namgun and Yona recognize a landmark outside and consider that the ice may be thawing. The group breaches a schoolroom where a teacher is indoctrinating the children on Wilfred's greatness. A bald man brings eggs for the children to open to celebrate the 18th circumnavigation of the earth. The bald man goes to the tail army and shoots them with loaded automatic guns hidden under the eggs, revealing that bullets still exist. The captured guards are freed as a Mason's henchman Franco. As is Mason's henchman Franco. The teacher who received a gun from the bald man kills Andrew before Gray kills her. Franco broadcasts to the classroom his execution of Gilliam. This prompts Curtis to kill Mason. Curtis's group moves on, but Franco catches up with them, killing Gray and Tanya. Franco is seemingly killed by Curtis and Nam Gung. The two, along with Yona, continue onward. In the last car before the engine, Nam-Gung reveals that the reason he collected the drug Chrono was to use it as an explosive to escape the train with Yona, believing they can survive. Curtis stops them as he wants to meet Wilford. Curtis explains that in the early days of the train, 17 years before, the tail section had resorted to cannibalism and he had been ready to eat the infant Edgar, but Gillum offered his arm instead. Curtis wants to face Wilford to ask why he created this closed ecosystem. The engine door opens and Wilford's assistant, Claude, emerges and wounds Nam-Gung before inviting Curtis inside. Curtis meets Wilford and, to his shock, learns that he and Gilliam conspire to stage Curtis's rebellion to reduce the tail section's population to sustainable levels. Wilford orders 74% of the tail passengers killed. He then offers Curtis his position leading the train. Curtis appears ready to accept when Yona overpowers Claude, rushes in, and pulls open a floorboard to reveal Andrew and Tanya's children. Andy and Timmy working at the engine as slaves. Appalled, Curtis knocks out Wilford and rescues Timmy from the machinery, machinery, though he loses his arm in the process. Curtis gives Yona matches to light the fuse for the chrono, while Nam Goong fights and kills Franco, which had followed them along with partygoers from another car, as the door to the engine room will not close. Curtis and Nam Goong use their bodies to protect Yona and Timmy from the blast. The explosion triggers an avalanche that derails and wrecks the train. With Nam-Goong unresponsive, Yona escapes the wreckage with Timmy. They see a polar bear in the distance, indicating that life exists outside the train. The bear notices them. The
1: end. Very good. Uh, Wilford is played by Ed Harris, who always Perfect. seems to play these godlike characters, as he does in the Truman Show. Uh, Song Kang Ho plays the engineer. Um, and John Hurt plays Gilliam, who is, um, Ollivander from Harry Potter, and Octavia Spencer is obviously incredibly famous. Yeah, this was a star-studded cast. Yeah, it really, really was. Oh yeah, Andrew's played by Ewan Brenmer, who always plays kind of a psycho person. Um, Alison Pill plays the teacher, and Ko Asung plays Yona. Yeah. I think that's that's about it. Those are the main characters. Yeah, very star-studded. Uh, and they did, they did a lot with their roles. I feel like Tanya, the character, was a bit stereotypical.
0: Yeah, I actually wrote in my notes that like I love Octavia Spencer. She is so powerful. And I've literally never been disappointed by her acting in a role. But I really wish she was given roles that weren't so tragic all the time.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Obviously, this is an adaptation. Frankly, here's what... I I loved most of the changes they made.
1: Absolutely. Um, Unquestionably. We're also... We're aware that there is the TV show that has three seasons and has been very successful and has, um oh my gosh, Jennifer Connelly in it. Um, but we're not going to be covering that because if we... Brian and I have debated many times about covering TV shows on the podcast... Um, we did once. There just isn't enough time! Yeah. Um, yeah, I did not enjoy the graphic novel. Um, I didn't enjoy it.
0: Yeah, I think there was too much lost in translation. That's what I'm going to say because I don't speak French, so I don't know.
1: Sure, yeah. Um, what do you mean you don't speak French? I don't. Speak How could you not French. speak French?
0: Um, but I mean, even when reading Goodreads, a lot of people have the same impression that you and I had, which is that it's very misogynistic and has not aged well. Like, women in the graphic novel are treated really poorly. Absolutely. Um, They're really afterthoughts, even though the graphic novel, I would say, arguably gives a larger role to a woman than the film does. So that was my one thing that I was disappointed. I wish um, that they had given a larger role to a female
1: character. What about... Oh, my gosh.
0: Yona or Tanya?
1: No... The crazy one.
0: Oh, Tilda Swinton's character. Yeah. Mason. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess there were three developed characters that were different from... But, I mean, we don't really find out a lot about Yona's character until the very end. And even then, we don't really know anything about her. No, no, no. That's
1: very fair. Um, And Adeline is... A stronger character, but she is still very sexualized. Like, Absolutely. Like I really didn't mind that um, Curtis Chris Evans' character didn't have a love interest.
0: I had. I wouldn't have wanted
1: them to have a love interest. Yeah, I like that they didn't. And also, the character is now played by um, a person of color in the TV series, whose name I will look up because I don't really know him from anything.
0: Hmm. But I. Yeah, I just wish. I wish Octavia Spencer's character had been more essential in orchestrating yeah, the definitely. revolt.
1: His name is David Diggs. Hmm. And Sean Bean is also Mr. David Diggs
0: things. is in um was on the in the original Broadway cast for Hamilton.
1: Fascinating. Yeah. Interesting change.
0: I did I did read somewhere that Bong June uh, Ho drew from the entire graphic novel series when he was making his adaptation, so it's possible that some of the elements that we enjoyed came from the graphic novel series. But there is definitely a bigger focus on the class issue in the film than there is in the book. Mm.
1: Absolutely. I'm just trying to find a bit um, to read from the graphic novel. I don't think it's worth it. (laughs) Well, it's not really, but I mean, it's interesting that they do release the tale, so... That's a bunch of people who they just kill instantly.
0: 100%. But that's what they do in the film as well. Yeah.
1: They just shoot them instead. Yeah. Um, Wilfred isn't really... It's like the driver of the train isn't that big of a character. Like he's not as important as he is in the movie and the TV show. Like he's just a guy.
0: Oh, yeah, in he the book. He just says, I'm
1: not really the driver of the train, nor even a maintenance technician. In fact, Olga doesn't need anyone. She can function very well on her own. Yeah. Um, My name is Alec Forrester. I'm an engineer. I'm sort of Olga's father in a way. Yeah, and then they release the end of the train. What? Well, should we talk about, the, like, the endings and how really different they are?
0: Well, I guess there's, there's a possibility that they're both really similar, like... In the end of the graphic novel, only Proloft's character is alive. Yes. Um, But there is definitely a nihilistic um, suggestion that he's going to die soon and humanity is going to be extinct. And at the end of the film, both Yona and Timmy make it off the train, but they're immediately spotted by a polar bear. So, I'm pretty sure they die.
1: Yeah. And there is also... The graphic novel that inspired the film Snowpiercer 2, The Explorers, is coming soon. But but it, I do feel like the endings are very different. So in the graphic novel, Proloff kind of gets convinced of the mission of the train. Like he buys into it. Because then he becomes the engineer. Which is odd because you don't really need anyone to run it. Oh, my glasses bit fell off. Um, but what he's noticing is things are wearing out more and more. And he's losing more and more cameras on the train and everyone is eventually dead hmm. and he was the disease that's killed everyone whereas in the film wilford gets to a point where he's almost convinced curtis to take over the train but then um curtis uh is sh-
0: reveals yeah is um, showing
1: Timmy. is showing the children who are being used as slaves and that pushes him over the brink and then he punches wilford in the face which is great yeah, and it all gets very extreme very quickly. Like, what do you think about the fact that they blow up the train? Wonderful. Great.
0: I, 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 yes. I particularly... Okay, so I really like that because the whole train is an allegory for the way things operate in the world today. Sure. So, like, the upper and middle... So you think we should blow up the world, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Great. The upper middle class go through their day-to-day completely oblivious to how the poorest of the world are functioning. And that's true in the train, but it's also true today. Like Yes, absolutely. First world countries... ...have no idea how their world countries are living. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the train, they have to have to resort to immoral... Immoral... I'm doing that in quotation marks. Immoral actions to stay alive, which suggests kind of like... ...that morality is something that is basically reserved for... ...if you have enough money to be able to consider morality. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also plays to this idea that like... ...the reality of global warming today... It won't exist for the wealthy. It's only going to exist for the lower classes who are going to be affected by it. But yeah, like, yeah. if you think about, how, like, I know this is a weird parallel, but and don't look up. Um, the wealthy just use their access to immense wealth and technology to avoid the worst parts of the world ending. Yeah, and that's probably what they're going to do. Like, it won't be a train, and it won't be them flying to make a new colony on another planet. It's going to be something like where they can have buildings that can regulate the temperature, so they don't have to. Deal with the extreme temperatures, and they'll have like tunnels that can connect them to the places they need to go. Yeah. Oh, they'll. And it.
1: it might... They'll have
0: air purifiers and yeah. stuff like that. And initially,
1: that. it won't even be that extreme. They'll just be able to afford to live in other places that aren't. You know, we already have islands that are already being sunk by the ice yeah. caps melting it and the ocean levels rising. Yeah. So, and we even really <clears throat> saw
0: that with with the pandemic. Like the wealthy, yeah, they. They had to go into um, isolation. isolation, but they went to like their resort homes. Yeah, totally. Um, to to wait out isolation for however long in the safety of a secluded mountain cabin or um, a beachside. Yeah,
1: a hundred percent. It is quite different, though. Why the Earth has frozen over? So in the graphic novel, it's because a war has broken out, which destroyed the climate yep whereas in the film through
0: weapon um like
1: chemical weapon yeah whereas in the film they actually shoot something into space to try and cool the earth's temperature which works initially but it works too well and so then they freeze the earth um and it makes sense that that would wear off over time
0: which one do you think is more more likely
1: war really well, it's an interesting
0: thing, right? Because humans—I definitely think it's the idea that they would send, they would release a chemical to
1: try and reverse global warming. I mean, but we're at wars now, but we just don't talk about them. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I and feel Russia like... is currently trying to dominate the Ukraine, and it's like it's a really hard balance, right? Because Russia is a huge global superpower, so we can't just start shooting nukes everywhere.
0: No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't I don't think we would start shooting nukes. Mm. I think I'd like to believe we've learned that lesson. Well, um and and that's the thing like I think I don't know that we'll go the chemical warfare route, but I could see humanity going, we're not going to change, we're not going to change because we've already seen that. We're not going to change, we're not going to change. It's too late. We don't have time to change what if we just fix it with a new chemical? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, 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 I totally agree with you. I think that that's a very realistic... I, I'm, I'm just saying both are realistic to me. Like, I'm not... Okay, yeah. I don't I don't think that war is unrealistic. I, don't, I agree with you that I think we're going to get to a point where uh, we're not going to change our behaviours and uh, cultures enough globally for each individual to have an impact, so it's going to need an extreme solution. Hmm. Um, I believe I saw something about some... Like, someone shooting uh ice or something into space and then that um absorbing into our um atmosphere and then cooling the temperature like i don't really know what's going to happen like the world could end in 50 years 100 years next tomorrow like it it's it's you know i just really hope if it ends tomorrow like it's
0: really like it's like real quick
1: uh i hope whenever it ends it's real quick like real
0: i don't want to i will not have too much time to contemplate my death
1: no totally That's very intimidating oh bugs you hopped under the computer you know and i think it, it, it's an it's a really the world ending is a very interesting thing to think about because with our generation we're thinking about climate and that kind of thing but with my grandparents you know they lived through two world wars and both of my grandfathers uh, took their own lives because they were convinced that they were going to be captured by the other side and they thought the world was ending. Hmm. So, you know, there's all kinds of reasons we believe the world is going to end. And I don't know. I don't know if it's more realistic now that the world's going to end and for whatever reason, but I feel like every generation believes Think the world's going to end. Yeah. yeah, yeah and, it deserve- ke- and it keeps not ending. So maybe it won't. So maybe it won't. Maybe it won't, you know. But I'm, um, you know, it could but be the end. Is it
0: getting better?
1: uh phew, depends on who you ask yeah yeah i think so too i do you think we'll watch the tv series oh i might chuck it on one day
0: i don't think you'll watch it nah you don't like dark things
1: i don't well the thing we we're just literally just talking about the world ending and i'm like why would i want to make myself sadder you know life's already a, a puddle what do you think about
0: um curtis's monologue the cannibalism one
1: I thought Chris Evans did a wonderful job and it made me both disgusted and incredibly empathetic and I'm I think that's exactly what it's supposed to do like there were three it was and this is kind of the problem like um, that we were talking about with there being no female characters because it, it, it creates a triangle between Curtis Edgar and Gilliam Curtis is the aggressor Edgar is the baby and Gilliam is kind of the voice of reason or compassion and we have Uh, Chris Evans' character doing this monologue and he's talking, he's telling a narrative about murdering a woman to take her baby and not even to eat her and the baby but just to eat the baby because he knows babies taste best, which he's horrified about and he wants to be a better person and he wants to be a better man and he succeeds with a group of whoever, whoever else he's with, it's not mentioned and then Gilliam comes to take a knife and cuts off his arm Curtis believes it's to kill the baby but he cuts off his arm which I Brie and I debated this in the evening because I said it's actually it's physically very hard to cut off your own arm so I was wondering about all the like the the Not the physics behind it, but the, like, literal way of cutting your own arm is quite difficult. Mm -hmm. Like, you've got a lot of bones, ligaments, tendons, nerves to cut through. But I also
0: think that human, um, human willpower can be pretty impressive.
1: I mean, if you unintentionally, like, your bite is strong enough to bite through your own finger... So I think we have the power. I just don't know that you're. No, brain... I'm not talking
0: about physical power. I'm talking about willpower. I know
1: you are, but I just don't know that I agree. For oh, someone to be do. able to cut off their own, okay, whatever. One hundred percent. And people kill themselves. Curtis is so taken aback by this gesture of selflessness um, that he, you know, breaks down and is horrified. And he was about to eat baby Edgar. Who then grows up to be like Edgar? His right hand man. Yeah, and Edgar admires Curtis, and so Curtis is thirty. What is thirty four? We get we get an exact age because he was seventeen when he went into the train, and he talks about he's lived there for seventeen years. Um, and Edgar is a train baby, so he's only seventeen. And Gilliam is like an old man. Sorry, side side note. Do you remember the
0: conversation where they're talking about? Do you remember what steak tastes like? Well, Edgar was a trained baby, so if he's tasted steak, it's because he's tasted human meat.
1: Mm, I thought that that was a, a, um, a loophole.
0: A plot hole. A plot hole. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, because I don't think he has tasted... like Because what I thought happened by that time was that they were eating body parts, and then within a month, they started to get the protein blocks made of the cockroaches. Mm. So I don't think he has actually tasted meat. So I think that was, a, that was an error in the script, is what I think. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I thought that monologue was great. And I... What
0: do you think about the choice to include such violent cannibalism in the story? Do you think mm-hmm. that's
1: realistic? Yeah, 100%. I think if you... What? There are thousands of people. And there's no communication with the front of the train. And there's no food. I don't know what they were doing in regards to water. Because that's more important. So I don't, I don't know how they were surviving. Like, sure they could eat each other, but how are they getting? You, you would
0: get an. You would get water from the meat.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. What? Well, do you not think it would be? I think cannibalism would be incredibly likely if people are hungry enough. I guess. Um. I don't think it paints. Because um, it's supposed to be like the ghetto, right? I'm doing that in quotation marks. That's what. That's what they're implying. Uh, yeah. And that's kind of problematic. That Chris.
0: I don't think. I think it's implying third world countries.
1: Sure, but then that's still a problem that Chris Evans is like a white character. I don't,
0: yeah, I agree, but I don't think that this um, is a reflection of like the stratus, the um, spectrum of class within a first world country. I think it's a a reflection of a spectrum of class
1: within the world. Yes, I understand what you're saying, um, but I don't. Uh, you didn't like it. It's okay if you didn't like it.
0: I guess what I actually, this is going to sound weird, but what I didn't like about it is I don't think that Chris should hate himself.
1: Oh, you don't think he should feel bad? No. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> sure.
0: Um, I mean, I just, like, like you- I, know this is, I know this is probably controversial, but, like, they, I mean, if they had no knowledge that the protein blocks were coming, which they didn't, mm-hmm. there's no reason to believe that baby would be able to survive anyway.
1: But okay, so you're arguing for violence, but and that's kind of survival of the strongest.
0: I'm not arguing for violence. I'm arguing for uh, forgiveness in in recognition of the context of the situation.
1: I mean, no one was really blaming him. He was blaming yeah, no, himself. I'm not,
0: but I I think like he should he should have more like I think it would be interesting if he he I guess you wouldn't want him to be a leader if he wasn't so guilty mm. but I I just think what a what a privileged perspective Differently, to kind of go oh that's a horrible thing when we've never been faced with anything like that mm. I guess totally
1: yeah I agree with what you're saying
0: I, I think it goes back to that idea that um morality is is something that you get to think about if if you're
1: privileged enough. If you're
0: privileged enough. Yeah. And I think that there are still people who would make, you know, the incredible sacrifices like Gillian made. But I don't think that makes them necessarily a better person. Yes. Well, I don't think... If you think about... I don't think the bar for being a great person is being able to cut off <laughs> your arm to feed starving people. Yeah.
1: I mean, if you're a 17-year-old...
0: I think if I think if you're in that situation and you don't handle it like a gentleman, yeah, okay, yeah, we 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 shouldn't expect people to be so ethical in situations that are so dire.
1: Well, what about people who are violent, um, you know, without being in a post-apocalyptic train? Like we have uh, murderers and violence today in first-world countries. Like, do you think?
0: Yeah, but are we separating? Like, you know, I'm not talking about like greed murder or mm. um, jealousy murder. You're talking or... about
1: the mindset people get in when their basic survival is on the line. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm not saying, like, I, my my only qualm with his story is the fact that they kill the woman and don't eat her as well. I'm like, why are you killing her and just leaving the body? Like, she's also meat. Like, eat her and the baby, is what I'm saying.
0: I think they probably would have eaten her as well.
1: You and I are baby killers. We're not. I, that's no, no. Okay. You'd definitely be Eden. Let's, You're let's, juicy. You're a juicy lady. <laughs> let's talk
0: about um, the film. Uh, I really loved the religious mania element of it. Um, Tilda Swinton's monologue
1: mm. is phenomenal. I loved it. Yeah
0: the filming of the movements with the shoes yes, that I was, was just so gonna contrived. say that and
1: that comes back again with Wilfred, and yeah and that is what the slave children are it's not they're not even a mechanical part they're cleaning a part of the train that needs to be cleaned manually yeah or something like he's pulling some sort of gunk like this little
0: there used to be something that did that but it's worn away
1: yeah yeah um I thought that was good. I liked how uncomfortable it made me. Like, yeah, I really enjoy.
0: I liked how much she believed the hype.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She drank the Kool-Aid. She drank the Kool-Aid. It was very culty. For sure. What do you think about the, the fact that Curtis makes her eat like a cockroach bar when they're at the when they're at the sushi bar? And he's like, no, you eat this.
0: I loved it. I also loved... I just, she looked disgusted. I, she committed so much to it. And the way that she was just like... Her teeth came out and she, it almost looked like the way that a horse eats, you yeah. know? She was just like...
1: Yeah. You know? I, oh, I, I, the why, commitment why to you, that
0: character was so fun.
1: Why do you think he was so repulsed that they were eating cockroaches? Like, in my mind... I mean, sure, cockroaches are gross, but like... So? So what? Like, who cares? Like, it's a... Like... Why is eating a cockroach any more disgusting than eating a pig or a cow or a cat or a baby? Like, yeah, it's kind of crunchy like an insect, but slimy yet satisfying, right? Bringing in the logic from Lion King to this film, I don't know if it translates. I mean, it's protein. Um, Protein is protein.
0: I think that's something... Yeah, a lot of people wondered about that when I was reading Reddit posts about this film. I agree, like, I don't think that I would be any less, I'd just be like, yeah, but I guess... Also, where are the cockroaches coming from? Oh, I mean, insects are incredibly easy to farm, so... Oh, I guess. Um, I guess the, the the symbolic representation is that, you know, you're the bugs
1: we can walk on. Kind of. Oh, sure. Like you are the cockroaches beneath our feet. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess they are being farmed in a way. And Wilford talks about that at the end. like the um, lower class always having a supply of small children for them to use as parts on the train.
0: Yeah. And and I would say that's a direct allegory for the way we 100% farm the lives of people who make our stuff. 100%. Our technology, our clothes, our everything. Yeah,
1: absolutely. our consumer goods. 100%, yeah. Totally. This is a bit bleak, isn't it?
0: Yeah, the world is broken. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yes. What did you think of, uh, I guess, the visual elements um, of the film? Like, I, there was the interesting scene where... Um, the train is kind of doing a u loop and uh Curtis they're shooting through yeah and another a, an extreme security guard who's the main um violent aggressor like they start shooting the windows
0: mm
1: i find that incredibly odd that they suddenly decided to shoot the windows like it's just not a reasonable thing to do i don't know why they did it like and because i because it was visually interesting for yeah them. But I, but it's a very flawed logic. Like you won't like if you lose one of those windows, you're fucked.
0: Yeah, maybe it's a callback to the fact that he shoots the windows out in the um,
1: in the graphic novel. In the graphic novel, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe. I'm really curious where they go with the TV show because um, the film has such a solid ending. Mm. So I'm um from what I saw there seems to be a place on earth that is the new Eden that, cause there's three seasons. So I'm like, where does season one end and season two end? I'm like, what, what is being achieved? Like, do they get to the front of the train? And then they're like, now what?
0: Yeah. I would be interesting. Yeah. It would be interesting. I mean, you know, I'm down to watch some dark stuff like that. Hmm.
1: Well, I like how uncomfortable it made me. And I li- I thought they did a wonderful job of convincing us that Curtis was going to take over for Wilford because um, he looks like he is, and he's enjoying the space, and he's like enjoying being alone. He hasn't been alone in seventeen years.
0: I think it was. I think it's much more realistic that he would take over for Wilford
1: Yeah, I think the only reason he doesn't is because um, there are other people around him. Like if he was alone and he didn't have um, the emotional connection with the child or um, the father and the and the daughter who want to blot. Like I think if it was just him there, he would have done it.
0: I think I think that he I think it's more realistic that he would have done it because Gilliam was the one person who believed he was the person he wanted to be and Gilliam was a lie.
1: Ooh, very good. Yeah, absolutely. So doubting the only person who's ever made you believe in yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Hardcore. Why do you think Curtis is so offended? By the fact that Tommy is being used as a slave. Timmy. No, it's it's Timmy, isn't it? it? was Tommy. Doesn't matter. No, Tommy, it doesn't. Or Timmy. It does not
0: matter. It matters. It, yeah. Um. He represents a baby.
1: <gasps> oh, full circle. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's great. Good job, honey. So it's kind of like.
0: Yeah, he's it's He's showing Tim. he's
1: different now, Timmy. Yeah. He's showing that he's different now and he's willing to lose his arm. Yeah. Some really, really great directing. Yeah,
0: really good circular storytelling. Yeah, great,
1: great storytelling.
0: Um, I... Also, there was, like... I liked the hedonism element of it. Like, Mm. I think... um, I mean... I think it's already, uh, I mean, I don't know how the upper, upper upper class lives, but I think hedonism, that thrill-seeking, like, I think chronos, chrono, chrono, chron, whatever the drug is, mm. would become, um, like, drugs would become fundamental in this society, and I think that even, even nowadays, drugs are fundamental in the upper classes, Um
1: yeah, and drugs that aren't even... Um, and any, anything that can produce a dopamine rush. Yeah, exactly. Like, drugs that aren't even that extreme. Yeah. Like, it's... I. The majority of people that I know are on some sort of anti-anxiety or antidepressant medication um, for good reason. You know, the world that we live in, in many ways, is quite toxic and doesn't make any sense. So your logic brain... Uh, yeah, I, sh- I find it hard to struggle sometimes with how uh unequal and unfair things are. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, 100%. I thought it was particularly interesting that, like, the rave drug party cart was the one before um, the head of the train. I, thought, I was like, why would that be built that way?
0: Well, I think there's some sort of suggestion that we miss some of the train carts.
1: But we don't, though, because they come straight out of that cart and then they fight and they have that okay. final battle yeah. scene. So I'm like, why would you design the train that way?
0: Maybe because the druggies are the ones you don't expect to get in... T- to try and, like, take yeah, over Yeah, to the try the and train. take over,
1: sure. It's unfortunate how easily that door is broken. Yeah. Because um, then they're just buggered. Yeah. Mm. But no, I was good. I, was, um, I liked it much more than I thought I would. And I thought they really fleshed out, um, like... The basic premise of the graphic novel is quite interesting, but I don't like the story at all. I don't think it's, it's not great. Um, but I think that, yeah, they, they did a really good job with it in the film. I think that's true
0: all the time. Like, I think that there are premises of stories that I've seen. I've thought to myself, like, man, this would have been so much better if somebody else had written it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I felt like. Like,
1: what a cool concept. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You and I were talking about that. You want to see a prequel to Harry Potter with Lily and James and all that and the first rise of Voldemort. um, But you just don't want J.K. Rowling to write it. And neither do I. Um, But I was thinking about that today and I was like, oh, we could write it, but then there'll be all these copyright issues. Yeah. Um, but that would be great. Like I'd love to see that.
0: I and also I was thinking about. I wonder if you could. I was trying to think about because uh, this this little little teaser. I wonder if you could make Divergent good.
1: I think you absolutely could. I, uh, I wonder. It, I, wa- mm. I wonder if the
0: bones are there.
1: Bree brings that up because that's the next novel and film we're going to cover. Um, and if it goes well, and if you uh, you the listeners. If you enjoy it, we could do the next one in the series. I love that they never finished it. I find that so funny. Anyway, we'll talk more about that later. But uh, but it's but that's very different because factions are a very interesting concept. But people aren't like that. I think it's a bad concept. I think factions
0: don't make sense. They're arbitrary. Well, that's
1: the premise of the book, so I don't think it could be made into a good film. Yeah. So well, I think your question. I
0: think, like, because the premise of tra- uh, Snowpiercer is also kind of dumb, if you think about it. Because... They
1: all live on a train! If they have
0: the... Like, I know the idea is, like, the train existed before the ecological collapse. Yes, it was a
1: train of luxury.
0: But it's like, if they had the technology to build the train... Just build houses. Just, yeah, build something different. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Or, like, at least if, if the, there's a world that exists with a train like that? Is there not a world that exists with something else that would
1: have been more suitable? Yeah, absolutely. It's a train because they wanted it to be a train, but you could build a building that has some sort of um, continuous movement and that also collects water or generates heat or something. It doesn't have to be a train.
0: Like, I find it hard to believe that in a society that has this perpetual motion train there isn't, like, also um, some sort of trial like other colony terraforming type thing like the dome there was a cult that was a dome
1: yeah and you know the fact that it is a train is actually very european because uh like in america and in uh, new zealand and australia oh a bit not so true in britain but we don't really use trains uh for transportation like not the way that europe do and obviously france is a huge part of that um so it's really interesting and it makes sense that this book came out of France because trains are much more of a genuine use of transportation where they're not here. Yeah. And they're not in America. Why are they not in America? America's massive. So they'd be great with trains.
0: Well, we did have trains for a long time.
1: Yeah. Train was a huge part of yeah, the um, railway the
0: expansion yeah. to the west.
1: It just became...
0: And I mean, you can still take trains in certain parts.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can still take trains here. I guess they used to no, transport like goods. Like, we have
0: interstates as well. What's that, like a bus no an interstate is a road
1: oh sure yeah we've got more independent with our travel now and not not for the better yeah great well that's all i have to say yeah i think that's all i have to say um Uh, there there isn't really a lot of point doing revamp remake retires there because it's kind of um it's happening
0: oh i could still do it though i could do it okay as a film adaptation yep go one, two, two three. three. Retire. Retire. Yeah, great. it was good. It was great. Yeah. I Maybe in 25 years I'd like to see a remake. You know, but like, I, it's good.
1: It's good. I like it. I still don't have the urge to see it again. Um, yeah, so as we've seen, the next episode where we'll be doing is Divergent. Who wrote Divergent, honey bunny? Veronica Roth. Veronica Roth. I don't want this to become like a
0: thing where I'm like ragging on Veronica Roth as an author. Like, I think Veronica Roth is, you know, it's... It's an impressive feat to write a novel. End of story. Um, Like, I... That being said, I think the book is bad.
1: It's okay for us to critique the art, though, honey. Yeah. Like, you and I um, ripped to shreds heavenly creatures. um, No, beautiful creatures. Beautiful creatures. Heavenly creatures. Different thing. Um, Beautiful Mm -hmm. creatures. Heavenly creatures really happened, didn't they? I don't know. I'd love to look into that. But I don't, we're not personally, we're not attacking people personally. I just,
0: you know. I think um, it's a very,
1: it's a very feminine thing for you to want to, like, justify and feel bad about having your opinions.
0: I just think that, like, when I still hear people really rip into Twilight, Mm. and... Stephanie Meyer. I think that... Hey, what does she get? She's done really well. Yeah, well, I just, yeah, but, like... We don't know how the personal attacks affected her. Totally. Um, And I think that um, authors put a lot of heart and soul into their work. Yes. And, you know, that doesn't make everything they do good. And, yes, it's absolutely open to critique. Mm. But um, I don't think you can outright say that Veronica Roth is a bad writer or that Stephanie Meyer is a bad writer. And Twilight isn't garbage. Like, There are lots of problems with it, Mm. but they're mostly ideological. The writing must have been of a certain level because it's been so successful. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think there is something to that. I think there's something to that. I think Divergent was successful. It wasn't as successful as Hunger Games. Mm. So I guess my exploration of Divergent is why was it successful. And why wasn't it as successful as Hunger Games?
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll get into that. Or even Twilight. Yeah, 100%. I think people love to get angry about stuff. Yeah. And particularly stuff like Twilight, which is often absorbed by teenagers and that kind of thing. Like, people love dripping into um, High School Musical. Yeah, absolutely. So, I think, I don't know, some people just get unreasonably angry about stuff like that. But if you don't like it, don't read it. Don't watch it. Yeah. For sure. Especially if something... Like, yeah, there are some ideological problems with things like Twilight. Um, but, you know, it's not really hurting anybody. Yeah. Uh, it's about vampires... Well, and-
0: I mean, it is perpetuating some problematic ideas about the dynamic between relationships and what control and possession... Yes. You know, are. Yeah, but it's also about vampires and werewolves. Yes. But it's also... But I... I, I yeah. Yeah.
1: I remember the first, because I'd never read the Twilight books. I still You've never read Twilight? We have to cover Twilight. Okay. Never read it. Um, we have to cover one of the books. I remember um, I was working at Reading Cinemas at the Palms, my first job. Oh my god, should we cover Twilight next instead of, um, okay, no, Sorry. No, 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 we're definitely going to cover Divergent, but should we
0: cover Twilight instead of um, The Princess Diaries? We can do them all, honey bunny. I did not even thought but, of that. We should definitely cover but Twilight. But my manager
1: yeah. asked me if I knew... Because the film was coming out, the first Twilight film, and she was like, have you heard of Twilight? And I was like, no, what is it? And she was like, oh, it's about vampires. And before Twilight, I was like, do you mean like bats? Like, <laughs> and, I, and I was like, "Like Dracula? Like vampires? Like before vampires and werewolves were made sexy and stuff. Like I was thinking about Okay, like, but vampires were definitely made sexy before that, but yes. But I... but not in my generation sure like these were really old films yeah and so i was and she was telling me about it i was like this sounds so random i was (laughs) like what and she was an adult woman and i was like what are you talking about uh and it really was like it was such an odd conversation that i still remember it like i was standing behind the candy bar she was talking to me and i was like are we talking about vampires and werewolves right now like it it was yeah that was that was how i learned about twilight I learned about Twilight
0: from Alexis, who was the first girl that I properly had a crush on, mm. and she had read the book already and was rereading it because the newest book was coming out, Okay, and she was like, I'll let you borrow it when I'm done, and I just took it from her before she could finish rereading it, like, I just <laughs> took it, like, I was spending the night in her house, I just took it and put it in my bag, and then I read it immediately and was, like, completely obsessed. I would have read anything- you little thief. Yeah, that Alexis suggested. I was so completely in love with her- um, I didn't realize it, but I just thought Alexis was, like, the greatest person. So, we're definitely covering Twilight. Look forward to that. That'll be an interesting take, because I did grow up Mormon. And um, I did
1: not. I grew up, uh, Very secular. Yeah, very agnostic. Is that the one? Agnostic is, like, we didn't really... undecided. Yeah. We didn't really talk about religion in my household, but it was fine if, like, whatever. It was very open to whatever. Yeah amazing well thank you so much um chapter one take two we have instagram and twitter um chapter one take two all written out um at outlook.com if you want to email us um yeah you can listen to our podcasts anywhere spotify itunes feel free to rate us share with your friends discuss Read literature, watch movies, have a good time, eat some popcorn. That's what I always say, eat some popcorn. Mm. Anything else you want to say, my love? No, that's everything from me. Great. Well, this has been Snowpiercer with Chapter 1, Take 2, and we will talk to you again soon. Bye. Are you going to say bye, Brianna? Bye.
0: Bye.